It's Kat Nack from Brisbane, Australia, and you're listening to Just Hit Play. With your hosts, Peter and Nick Cabral. If you're tired of your stagnant, streamed music feed, then strap yourselves in for an intergenerational sonic journey through Peter and Nick's favourite songs. Welcome to episode 49 of Just Hit Play. I'm your host, Peter. With me is my co-host, Nick. Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Very well. Just... Saw a f- fantastic movie last night, The Northman, and I'm kind of just riding the high I, I've been on since watching that. And other than that, just getting ready to move out this week. So yeah, and you've handed in well. your you've handed in your last assignment. I take it. I have, yeah. So yeah. undergrad is finished. Cool. Congratulations. Uh, Thank when, you. When's your ceremony? End of June, I believe. Okay. We yeah. hey, don't have concrete details yet, but end of June. Yeah. Cool. No, that's sort of when a lot of the grads here are the are the same time. It's it's usually June and December. That's usually the grads here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No. I'm excited to sit in a very large room and wait for my name to be called. Yeah. Cool. And when's your last day in the apartment that you're uh, or is it a house you're in right now? It's a house right now. Yeah. yeah. So I move out Saturday. Saturday. So you all packed? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I am not, but that's a, that's a today thing, actually. That's that's what I have to do today. Yeah. Other than watch Champions League is pack. Yes. Well, make sure if your dad helps you pack, make sure you give him all the heavy boxes. <laughs> okay, we'll do. Yeah. Yeah, make sure. I, I want to see him hobbling around in, in photographs. Yeah. Do my best. And in our Brisbane studios, our sound engineer, Darren. Darren, how are you? I'm doing good. Cool. All right, so let's get into some music because this is a special episode. This is... How much can we hate Drake episode, which I'm very excited about because <laughs> um, that's my everyday life. Uh, so uh, we had Darren and I were talking off air and we had a question, which song came first? I think it was the Drake song came first and then that was Pusha T's response to it. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Okay. So, but actually though, like Pusha T and Drake have been beefing for a while. Like yeah. they've had, they've been taking subliminal shots at each other in songs since 2011 right and it goes back even earlier to 2006 when Pusha T and Lil Wayne had beef right so this was this was pressure cooking for a while is there any reason why other than Drake is awful uh it it started over the stupidest reason in 2006 have you ever heard of this the Japanese streetwear brand bathing ape no yeah, I, I didn't think he would have, but I asked anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, Lil Wayne and Pusha T were just arguing over who popularized it in the hip-hop community. Right. With Pusha T saying, oh, I wore it first, and Lil Wayne saying, oh, it wasn't cool till I wore it. Yeah. And they started beefing, and then Drake joined Lil Wayne's record label, became heavily affiliated with him. So he just got dissed by association at one point, right. and it's been going since then. Now, doesn't Drake also hate Meek Mills as well? Is there a Meek Mills sort of beef with Drake? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Meek Mill and Drake, a similar feud happened between them in 2015 or 2016. Yeah. I can't remember which. That was a de- that was a decisive victory for Drake, that one, I have to okay. say. Uh, but as we'll get into, that did not end the same for him when yeah. he went for Pusha T. Now I know a little bit about Meek Mill. I, I listened to a doc. I listened to a podcast which was a documentary about him, and he's he his life is um, 
it's really shocking how a judge sort of took control of his life in in the states and and how she just sort of just came into his life and 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 set him to jail for like the most ridiculous things uh, i don't know if it's been cleared up but it was really sad yeah he i mean you said it perfectly he went yeah. to jail for some stupid reasons and it came at a really when he was really big too and a really right. point in his career yeah. I believe it's all cleared up now. He hasn't been to jail in, in a while, uh, which is good. But I guess he's still got the the charges on his record yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, he totally got railroaded on that one. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's listen to some music. Um, let's listen to, I guess, the Drake uh, song first. Let's hear a few yep. seconds of that. Duppy freestyle. I'm in shock. The nerve, the audacity. <laughs> okay. So if you rebuke me for working with someone else on a couple of V's, what do you really think of the nigga that's making your beats? I've done things for him I thought that he never would need. Okay, so context for Duppy Freestyle is on Pusha T's 2018 album, Daytona. He, yet again, took shots at Drake on the track Infrared. Uh, he said the lyric pennon equal the Trump's winning. So he's talking just basically about Pusha T. His whole thing was that Drake gets has ghostwriters and has people writing his songs for him. And that was the angle that he kept coming at him with. Another line from Song Infrared, how could you ever write these wrongs when you don't even write your songs? That's brilliant. So, the day that that song dropped on Pusha T's album, the same day, Drake released this one, Duppy Freestyle. Right, so he so he knew it was coming, I guess. Probably. Drake has right. a lot of uh, eyes and ears in the music industry, yeah. so it's not hard to believe that he knew that this was coming and was prepared. Well, he's, he, sells, he sells truckloads of, of songs. Like um, He's a very powerful artist, uh, probably one of the bigger artists in the world today. No doubt. I, yeah. You could make a case. I, I don't know if he is for sure, but you can make a case. He's the biggest music superstar in the world. And if, if not, he's, without question, top five. So for for him to have to make a song like this and to finally be, be dragged down into the mud against an artist yeah. is a pretty big deal. It was a big deal when it happened against Luke Mill. And it was, in this case, against Pusha T. Now, when I listened to this song, I thought it was a lot of... Drake just flexing and saying, you know, this is how big I am, you know, like this is how many records I've sold. It was more about how how popular he was. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I I think this song is a lot of uh, calling Push an old washed up rapper who doesn't yeah. sell many records anymore, and saying that Kanye is the reason for Push's success and, yeah. and things like that. Uh, what I think the highlight of this song is from it from a disc perspective. Like, the, the one where I actually have to sit back and be like, damn, he kind of got push. Yeah. Was, uh, there's no malice in your heart, you're an approachable dude. <laughs> Which yeah, just references yeah. the weakened relationship between him and his brother. and Yeah, yeah. Also calling him a non-threatening guy. Like, that yeah. one I think is actually a very good line. I think there wasn't a line about something your brother did all the, the drug dealing and you just sort of, you were adjacent to the drug dealing and you're writing about what you saw, not what you did sort of thing. 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's yeah. and and that's the other main element of of the yeah. diss track is Drake saying that Push is not the drug dealer he claims to be, and he right. he plays up the the drug dealing stories for the music and things like that. Okay, now on the reverse side with the Pusha T song, so what I could tell was that Drake in in the early of his career before he was a hip hop artist. He wore blackface as, um, and he's black. Obviously, Drake is half yeah. black, or he's full black. I think he's half black. And he wore a blackface as a sort of representation of how hard it is for black people to sort of make it in the movie industry and the music industry. It was sort of an ironic him having blackface. Um, now, obviously, Push T puts that front and center <laughs> on on the. Um, on the thumbnail or even the picture as the song gets played. So that I know caused a lot of controversy right away, just him, him in blackface. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just before we get into the story of added on, uh, I just want to finish this segment of W yeah. freestyle. Sure, by no, saying please, that, yeah. uh, I think most people thought that this is going to be another Meek Mill incident after right. Drake's diss, because to be fair, it is a good diss track. It's good. Yeah. It, it's not like he, dropped three minutes of bad lyrics and bad bars and it was a weak response. No, this was legitimately a good diss track and it was perceived to be one from the minute it came out. And that's Mm. from me who is about as unbiased as you can get when it comes to Drake. I like, I like him sometimes. I don't like him other times, but where Drake really went wrong on Duppy freestyle was in naming Pusha T's fiance Virginia Williams, that I saw, I, I did see that was a big issue. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Darren, why don't you just hit play on on the story of added on for a bit? A lovely beat. Easy money. It's about to be a surgical summer. Chop the tops off the coops. The cuatro ciento ochata y ocho The spider joint And you know we gotta cut the heads off these snakes, right? So four days after Duppy Freestyle Push T released what I think is one of the best diss tracks of all time, uh, the story of Addy Don. It uses the beat from Jay Z's story of OJ, which is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah I did see that. Yeah. And the cover art, like you said, uh, there there is a legitimate reasoning behind Drake yeah. wearing blackface, yeah. but. <laughs> The shock factor when this song yeah. first came out, no one knew. Like, Holy shit! Where where is this picture from? Why is Drake in blackface? Yeah. So right away, just from the cover art, push yeah. you can see that Pusha T is trying to dismantle Drake and his career and his credibility, and that really set the tone for the rest of the song. Yeah. No, and without context, it is a shocking, a shocking picture. Um, but with, with context, it, I can understand where he's coming from uh, doing a picture like that. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and once that came out, it was like, okay, whatever. I'm not going to yeah. cancel Drake here for this one, but yeah. the, the, the shock value was... There's so many other reasons to, to do that. There's no The picture doesn't need to be it. Yeah, yeah. The, I don't know if... Uh, 
I was gonna say I don't know if you've heard his album Scorpion. Of course you no, haven't. Of course not. <laughs> but his album Scorpion, that was getting it canceled for that. It's okay. Yeah. Um, I think what I like about this song is how effortless it is for Pusha. I think I, I think I think he's a much better rapper. Uh, it, it doesn't take. It's like he's not even trying, really. It's 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 just natural. It's really good. He effortlessly dismantles Drake. Like he picks him apart, and there's a line towards the end of the song, "Surgical Summer." He says, "Yeah, we're peeling it back layer by layer." And it's with ease, but also as precise as a surgeon, because he comes after his credibility as an artist, uh, as a father, as a son. He takes shots at Drake's parents, at his best friend and producer. And I, I was nervous after Duffy Freestyle, like I said, because I was... I, I was firmly in the Pusha T camp. All my friends and everyone I I know is a massive Drake fan. So I I was like, oh my goodness, I'm about to be proven wrong because Drake can outrap Pusha T apparently. And then when I heard um, you were hi- hiding a child, let that boy come home, deadbeat motherfucker playing Border Patrol. Yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> when I so, heard that, I that was, was so good. I thought I have nothing to worry about here. <laughs> yeah, which apparently is a true story. There, there was a there was a love child uh, that he has. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody in the world knew if Drake had yeah. a son. Yeah, argue again. Arguably the world's biggest music superstar. Yeah, and this guy Pusha T exposed the fact that he had been quote unquote hiding a child mm-hmm. with a French porn star. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, when you, when you really think about that, yeah. for it to come out in this way in a diss track—that's pretty good. It kind of it kind of lit the internet on fire, or at least yeah. the corners of the internet that talk about hip hop music. Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, that was amazing. I I thought that was so well done. Um, yeah, there's um, hubris is an interesting thing, isn't it? Um, you know, when obviously, uh, I'm sure Drake was you know licking his paws and. You know, you know, grooming himself after he released that song, thinking he had he had one upped him, and um, he did not. No, he really didn't, because Pusha T made it really personal. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> and to this day, when when this beef gets brought up, the the Drake fan response is, oh, "Pusha T, like he he took it too far. He yeah. he was just being nasty and taking personal shots and exposing things like he was TMZ, but." Uh, to me, the purpose of a of a diss track in in rap historically yeah. has been to just sort of <laughs> degrade the other person's yeah. viewing in the public eye. You're trying to knock them down a peg, and what Pusha T said definitely was trying to do that. Well, and there's a long history of of hip hop where where you know people battle in front of each other and they say some awful things to each other. Um, oh, yeah. And a crowd is cheering along. So this is this is a known commodity in hip hop. It's it goes back way, 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 way back. Yeah. And in in the early days of of hip hop, yeah. people would get shot over rap beef. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and as you said, uh, it, it used to be way worse too. Nas and Jay Z they had a very public hmm. spat, and way worse was said on those tracks. But yeah, it, this really hurt drake maybe not in the sense of he's still making tons of money he's still his records still sell platinum no problem but 
this will always be a stain on his career, in yeah. my opinion, for people that actually care about these types of things. Yeah. And uh, what one of the best parts of th- about this song, one of the things I think is the funniest, is Push exposed a plan for Drake to switch from Nike to Adidas. He's currently right. endorsed and sponsored <laughs> by Nike. That's amazing. And the plan was, allegedly, the plan was for Drake to sign with Adidas in a massive deal, which would have been big news, and come out with a line called Addy Don, which is named after his son Adonis, and that was going to be how he announced his son to the world with his son in these these pictures, the the promo for the campaign and everything. And when Pusha T said in the song, your son deserves more than an Adidas press run, (laughs) <laughs> the word word is that that sort of exposing it in that way made Adidas pull the deal out. Yeah, pretty crazy now, stuff. And I think that sums to me that sums up Drake pretty well. If you're going to use the announcement of your son with a shoe deal, I think that's the character of the man and what I really despise of his character. Now, a lot of that is because I was home in Canada while the Raptors were having their playoff run. And I really wanted to watch the Raptors on TV. But every time there was a play, it cut to that idiot, like mugging for the camera. And it just ruined the game for me. Like, And then when they were playing in Golden State and he was holding, you know, he was in Jurassic Park, you know, on a, on a dais and, you know, in front of the people, it just really angered me. Why is this person on my TV? I'm trying to watch, I'm trying to watch the Raptors. I don't want to watch Drake. But he was as important to, like, to a lot of people as the team. Yeah, no doubt. And th- that's the point I was going to bring up if you didn't, mm-hmm. is the reason he gets so much airtime and camera time and gets put on the, the, the podium in Jurassic Park is because people want to see him there. I know. It's a crazy. A lot of people want him to want to see him in these, in these places. They want him. They want the camera to, to pan to Drake after the Raptors get a crazy three-pointer to take the lead. They want to see that. And it was it was a good play by the Raptors to sort of get you know the urban youth into the game. You get Drake as you know your. I'm going to say he's a mascot. I guess you know uh, brand fan ambassador or something. Ambassadors, the official yeah, team. I'm going to go with mascot. He, he he might as well just put on the Barney costume, and and just do that. You know, and I and it was a Jay Z in for the Brooklyn Nets sort yeah. of does the something similar. Jay Z did own. He he was a part owner of right, the Nets. Though. Right, he was yeah. a minority no, owner. Business speaking, it's great. It's a great idea to invigorate your fan base, get the youth involved. I just hate the man so much, and he really <laughs> mugs for the camera. And I know a lot of people like him, and and uh, I think uh, Sylvie um, likes Drake, I think, too. And she didn't mind the mugging, uh, which is fine. You know, I don't want everyone to believe what I believe. I think the world would be boring if if the world believed in what I believed. But uh, sure. I really can't stand the dude. Yeah. Hey, everyone needs haters. Absolutely. Even Drake. Even Drake needs his haters. And if if I'm, I'm sure he's not going to be crying himself to sleep at night knowing that you, uh, a middle-aged no. man in Australia, are, no, are, are, hate him. <laughs> do, do you know what's funny? I, I read this report, the scientific study, where people gain more satisfaction seeing people lose things than <laughs> winning things themselves. Uh, it, it went to like football fans, like soccer fans, where like Liverpool fans get more enjoyment seeing Manchester United lose than actually Liverpool winning. Yeah, uh, no, I, I totally yeah. believe that. So, 
I think that's I think that's pretty funny. I, and I think if listening to this track was a little bit like that for me, I was like, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was pretty happy hearing it. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. I thought that'd be the reaction yeah. that you'd have is just a little bit of joy and glee at seeing Drake just be outclassed and lose yeah. decisively. No, it, was, it was effortless. It was it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, as as I said, I have to put the disclaimer out that I actually do like Drake. I'm a Drake yeah. fan most of the time. Yeah. I will be the first to criticize when he makes bad music and mm-hmm. when he makes a misstep. I will not shy away from criticizing that, like yeah. a lot of people do. A lot of people will defend Drake uh, till the end. I'm not like that, and I have to say, and any any rational person has to put their hand up and say Drake got eviscerated on the story of Adidon. Did completely. No. I, I'm I'm with Pusha T on this one. Yeah, me too, and. As I said, this will always be a stain on Drake's career, especially because he never he never responded to this. Good, can you believe that? He, how can oh, you? I, I think I can believe it. I think he couldn't do anything. I th- again, this is a, all alleged, but uh, but the word is that Drake had a song ready, a response ready, and it basically got, got pulled by higher powers in the music industry. Good, saying if you if you keep engaging with this, you're only going to get beat worse. Yeah. No, and I think it was the right move to to shut the hell up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's that's your your fifteen minute education on cool. the time well, I, Drake got eviscerated. No, I enjoyed that. That was really good. I um, a I think it's a really good song, uh, and it tears apart the worst uh, person in music. So I'm I'm happy. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It is a great song. The beat yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, the beat is really good. I, I love the backing track. I mean, it's 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 really good. Have you ever heard that Jay-Z song? Uh, I have, but it's like in passing, like I don't know it or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, really good song. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Darren, what did you think of the beef with Drake and Pusha T? It means nothing to me, two musicians <laughs> fighting on the other side of the world. Now, remember that uh, we talked about earlier where um, James Brown and uh, Joe Tex were beefing and James Brown showed up to a concert with a gun and, and shot people. So this was... Uh, <laughs> This is this has happened quite a bit, so yeah, no, this isn't new. No, it's absolutely not new. And again, it could have ended worse. People saying Pusha T took it too far, making fun of of uh, OVO Forty's sickness and and how he's dying, but he could have pulled up with a gun. Yeah, exactly. No, no, context is important. Cool. Well, thanks for that. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed uh, uh, that. uh, Those those two songs. That was fun. No problem. And if any. If any people are still watching, or sorry, listening, if any Drake fans are still listening, yeah. if anyone hasn't gotten tired of us uh, hating on Drake and claiming out beaten so badly, uh, I hope yeah. they enjoy us talking about this next song because I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, and reach out if if you're if you like Drake, uh, please explain to me why that is. I, I would I would love to know what your feelings are uh, about uh, about the man. All right, let's go on to the song I picked for you. Now, uh, I'm getting you to listen to, uh, for two months, 80s music. So we've listened to a few songs um, that, that specifically came out in 1987. We're now going to listen to a song that came out in 1981. So we're early 80s here. It's by the Human League, and it's uh, Don't You Want Me. So Darren, just hit play.
So can you can you get more eighties sound than that? I don't I don't know if there is a more eighty sound than that. Impossible. No, this yeah. is one of the most eighty sounding songs I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. No, it's such it's such a um, just set in stone that this came out in the eighties. Yeah. No doubt. And yeah. th- this is a song that I, I've I've heard before. It's yep. Songs that's been around. Yep. Passively in the background. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I've heard my dad playing it a few yep. times. Uh, regardless, though, it's a great song. This, well, isn't, this isn't one that I've gotten tired of. Yeah. Now, there's a couple of reasons why I wanted you to, to hear this song. Uh, first off is that this was not the first single off the album. Uh, and it, it's I, one of the other reasons I love doing this podcast, because I actually get to do research into music. And, and I didn't know that this wasn't their first single. I only know of two Human League songs. It's this one in Fascination. Only two songs that I know. And this was going to be, this is the fourth single off this album called Dare. And the band did not want to release this song. Really? They, it was the record company that convinced them to release the song because three song, three singles had been released to moderate success. And the band was afraid that A, that they didn't like the song. And B, that the public would get tired of hearing from them. And, and did that happen? No, <laughs> it did not. Uh, this is their most successful. Not only is it the band's most successful single of all time, it was the top single of the year. So it sold more. Uh, it sold more than any other song in 1982. Shit. Yeah. Uh, so okay. and the band did not want this to be released, which is which is really amazing. Did they say why? Like, did Again, they think that it would just get too? popular or did they think the song was annoying no they thought they thought they were going to saturate the market with their music and they wanted fans to have a break from them and that it would just be too much interesting Uh, interesting so it's so funny how you just can't gauge what's gonna what the public's gonna like you really don't know until it's out there at all Uh, i'm glad it came out for one yeah i think i think this is a cool song the synths are, are really phenomenal yeah on this and it's catchy, but yeah. as I said, I haven't really gotten tired of it. So a yeah. lot of times when a pop song is really, really catchy and has a, a simple hook that's easily repeatable, easy to remember, it gets annoying a lot of times. Yeah. I haven't hit this point with, with this song. Well, another reason why this song was a worldwide hit is um, in 1982, there was a little thing that came out called MTV. And MTV was desperate for videos, especially for new songs. Uh, videos were not made for every song before MTV. Uh, and this was played around the clock because it was a catchy song and the video is quite dynamic. It's filmed very much like a, like a film noir sort of, sort of video as well. Uh, so this was played constantly in MTV. And this song wasn't just a hit in, in the UK. It was a hit everywhere. It went number one in most countries. Uh, so it was absolutely a mega mega song. I could see myself getting tired of it if yeah. it was playing almost on loop on MTV all right. day. I can't lie, <laughs> but the video is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, from, from what I've seen of it, it's shot really really well for 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 the eight, early music video. Yeah, yeah, for being a, a early entry into the music video field, very well shot and made. And the other reason why I wanted you to hear the song, this is a very important song in the history of music. It was the first big song that was a worldwide hit that had a drum machine. 
Ah, okay. So they use something called a Lin drum, and they have no. There's no drummer. Like it's, which is funny because I, as I'm doing research, I actually saw them play a show a few years ago that was on YouTube, and they actually had a drummer play uh, hmm. uh, during the live gig. But this was specifically done with the, with the drum machine. And after the success of this song, the drum machine that they used, the the Lin drummer, uh, just started selling like hotcakes. And it was used in so many f- uh, other songs. Uh, Madonna used it. Billy Idol used it. The Arrhythmics were using it. Um, yeah, uh, Denise Williams had a song called Let's Hear It For The Boy, which you won't know. It's a terrible song, but was a huge hit in the 80s as well. So this just opened the door for electronic music. Uh, so then you had bands like Ministry coming out and using electronic music. Depeche Mode was a band that came out and, and stuck to just electronic music and didn't actually have instruments. It was all synths and drum machines. So this was one of those songs that just changed music in a way that a lot of people don't realize. That's so cool. And thank you for telling me that because it's no secret to anyone that that listens to this podcast that I I love music that's produced electronically. I love hip hop. It's my favorite genre. And it sounds like I've got a lot to thank the Human League for. Yeah. uh, Because that's, that's really cool. And yeah. as I said, I love the I love all the production on this song. The synthesizers are really cool. Yeah, uh, the, the drums weren't anything too crazy, but I, you know, I guess it was one of the first times of right. someone really trying to use a drum machine. So, and I I didn't know this fact that it was a drum machine. I was I was actually watching a, a documentary on Netflix called Count Me In, which is about drummers, uh, basically drumming and drummers, and how certain drummers have influenced music over the years. And then they got to the eighties and they got to this song and like, they're, they're like, well, what do we do now? Like, this is a number one hit all over the world. You don't need drums anymore. Like, <laughs> like drummers were actually quite worried uh, about what the future of drumming was going to be. So uh, yeah, it's, it was a very interesting uh, time to be a live musician uh, because you didn't need, you didn't need that. You didn't need talent to, to, uh, <laughs> To play the drums anymore, you could just do it all just on the Lin Five Thousand. Yeah, that's that's a really interesting point. Actually, I've never considered what drummers how they've how they would have felt when the first drum machines started coming out, thinking yeah. that their job was now obsolete. Obviously, it did not turn out to be the case at all. Uh, no, no. But I, I can imagine at the time it'd be like, oh shit, are we about to get replaced by this yeah. machine? Yeah. Well, and the other thing too was that you could drummers were really worried about the fact that you could produce sounds on the drum machine that they were physically unable to do. So that was another worry is that they thought they'd be replaced just by technology of beats or speed of beats or the different, uh, hitting different like Tom, Tom here, or the bass drum there that they just physically couldn't do in a song. Uh, thankfully that never happened. They, even though it's electronic, they pretty much stuck to what drums sound like and, and what yeah. drums do. So that's quite quite interesting how, how that stayed. And, and until you get into the more experimental genres and, yeah. and you really get out there. Yeah, it's it's true. There was a band from Germany called Kraftwerk. I, I don't know if you ever heard of Kraftwerk. I yeah, I do know them. Yeah, so they're from the they're from the seventies and they were just an industrial music. They they were just playing synths and drug and drum machines. Uh, and they were never a popular band they were always under like they always influenced other bands that you like um they released an album in the 70s i believe it was called autobahn uh that was just electronic music 
so it influenced a lot of the of the 80s music the synth synths as well hmm, i'll have to check that out yeah I, I find that to be really cool yeah yeah uh there's an there's an artist called brian eno who's a big music producer i do and, know of brian eno yeah and i downloaded an album of his because uh, sometimes i have trouble sleeping and, and i thought i would download a brian eno album to help me sleep and i it it actually didn't help me sleep because I was so in, in, enraged by the by the album because there were songs like Fullness of Wind and it's like twenty five minutes long and it's it's really like soundscapes with like, you know yeah. like keys and stuff and it just annoyed me so I I just I just stopped listening to it. I've actually dabbled with Brian Eno albums for okay. studying. Like yeah. I, I throw it on in the background when I'm studying or sure. something. Yeah, working on school. It's good for that. Yeah, no, it didn't help me sleep. No, Damn. I I just got angry. And so, you got angry and thought, "Oh, this is why we needed punk rock." This is why we needed punk rock. Yes, yeah. Brian Eno is—he's uh, definitely that kind of artist where he just released. I think it's like a like an hour long album. There's four tracks on it, uh, so that that sums up Brian Eno in, in, a, in an interesting way. Yeah, yeah. yeah he really—I think you said it perfectly. He just makes soundscapes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, for next week. Knowing what I've just told you about the sort of electronic side of things, I want you to listen to a song by Duran Duran. I don't know if you know Duran Duran. Yep. Okay. We're going to listen to New Moon on Monday, which I don't know if you know that song. Nope. Okay. Perfect. New Moon, Duran Duran are a great band where they were able to marry the electronic music with actually, they're really good musicians and they actually had guitar players and bass players and drummers. So they were a good mesh of electronic and traditional band cool so that's the song that's the song for you next week new moon Mm. on monday by duran duran okay awesome and for you next week uh, i'm gonna have you listen to spody od dopalicious by outcast it's my favorite outcast song i think a few episodes back i I brought it up during the robbie robertson episode Mm -hmm. i brought it up you said you hadn't heard it yeah and very similar to that robbie robertson song so cool. apologize to my dad in advance. He's not going to like it, but I think he will. It's a good yeah. song. Now, I told you I saw Outkast in concert in the 90s, right? You have, and I will always be yeah. jealous of you for that. That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, and I told you, I had to, um, I was with my girlfriend at the time, and we actually had to go as far away from the stage as we could because it was so loud uh, that it was, it was, it was painful. Um, fantastic show, but it was way too loud, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes artists just love blowing yeah. our eardrums out and killing our hearing. Thank you, um, Darren. What did you think of um, the Human League? Yeah, I always liked that one. I didn't know what it was called, but I've always heard yeah. it. And liked it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, it's one of those great eighty songs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's legitimately a good song. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to move on to who played it better. Now, this was your suggestion of two songs to listen to, and I'm so glad you chose this because. Um, it's another great example of two artists that release two really good songs that sound completely different from each other. So we're going to listen to My Body is a Cage by Arcade Fire. Uh, so Darren, just hit play on the Arcade Fire song. My body is a cage That keeps me from dancing with the one I love And the cover, done by one of my favorite artists of all time, uh, Peter Gabriel. If I... If, if anyone ever asks me who would I like to sing like, I always say Peter Gabriel. I think he's got the nicest voice in rock and roll. I think it's just amazing. And he did a cover that I'd never even heard before of My Body is a Cage. My 
body is a cage that keeps me from dancing with the one I love. What a great version. That is a really yeah. good version. I was blown away at, at the quality of Peter Gabriel's cover. Yeah. I, I guess I shouldn't have been because he's fantastic, a really good musician. Yeah. He really, really killed that, though. This is a tough one this week, Nick, because that. Uh, okay, so I would like to see Arcade Fire play that live, and I would like to see that Peter Gabriel song open up a James Bond movie. Wow, good shout! Yeah, yeah. that would, that would do really well. You know, it's it's that perfect movie song where it's like you it, could just see it with the opening credits for James Bond. Yeah. yeah, and I, I just love how Peter Gabriel kept the core elements of the song. Mm. Obviously, the same lyrics. He has yeah. uh, similar build-up and, and drops musically. And, oh, but this one, he really this one's makes a tough it his one. own. He I don't, really makes it his own and, and does it in his own distinct Peter Gabriel style. Yeah. And it's so cool. I think... Now, I'm, I might have a different answer for you tomorrow. But I'm going to go with Arcade Fire just because I love that art. It's it's probably my favorite Arcade Fire song. Really? Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Arcade Fire. But at at a push, like yeah, ask me tomorrow, and I might say Peter Gabriel. It's the same for me. I I think I would also say Arcade Fire just because if I said Peter Gabriel, it might just be recency bias. Mm. But uh, Arcade Fire version is really good. I think there's a little. Well there's a little bit more desperation in the arcade fire version uh, where the Peter Gabriel version is more beautiful and maybe a little bit more tragic where the arcade fire, one you could actually hear the tragedy of it. Yeah. I, I can, I agree completely with that analysis. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how about you, Darren, of the two songs, do you have one you'd pick over the other Peter Gabriel version? It is. There's no wrong answer in this one. They're both amazing tracks. No, and I'm very interested to see what the listeners pick for this one. Yeah, me too. Cool. Well, that could, that's the end of our episode. Uh, what are you up to for the rest of your week, Nick? Packing. Oh, that's right. You're moving. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, just packing. Yeah. Isn't isn't moving fun? Oh, it sure is. I love it. Yeah. Is it is it still raining there? Or is it dried up? What's going on? Uh, it snowed, actually. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. It snowed, it snowed overnight, yeah. You're kidding me. What's, ha- what's happening in the world? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, a lot it's of climate al- change. It's almost May, for God's sakes. Yeah, yeah. It's It was actually quite sobering last night, looking out the window and seeing snow, and then yeah. looking at the date and seeing April 26th. Oh, geez. Yeah. That's scary. That's worrisome. <laughs> Angie still laughs uh, when we went to go see the Strokes for the summer concert series, and it was like, you know, one degree. In May, in May, it was absolutely freezing. Yeah, she goes. She goes. That was the summer concert series, and I think she wore like like three jackets or whatever she had to wear. Yeah, maybe having a a, a venue near Lake Ontario is not the best idea. Yeah, regardless of it being <laughs> May, you're still running the risk. Yeah, which is funny because we saw the show the year before, and it was yeah. lovely. The weather was yeah. lovely. It was it was the same time too. It was. Yeah, yeah. it was the same time. It was the same thing where it was. Where it, was, it, was, concert it was opening the summer, yeah. Yeah. You never was, know what you're going to get. No, it was bloody cold, yeah. Oh, and, and other exciting music news yeah. quickly. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Rolling Loud Festival. but it I, is, saw you, I saw you post about it on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. It's the, 
it's the major hip-hop festival it's all exclusively hip-hop acts and for the last uh, number of years they've been doing uh, a bunch in california miami but they're finally bringing a festival to toronto and i'm so excited all my friends are so excited yeah because we've been starving for a half decent music festival and it finally looks like we got one the only name that the only name i recognized because i quickly took took a glance was little uzi vert Yes. yes. Yeah, I can't I, wait. To I saw. Show. I saw that. Yes, I was like, okay, yeah, that's the one name I think I recognized. The rest I didn't look into it. That that in, like I didn't because there was a lot of fine you know fine print in there, so I didn't yeah. uh, go okay. too in depthly. But yeah, yeah, yeah that'll I, I that'll wait. be fun. I will. I've I've never been to a music festival before, so I'm quite. Excited. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of drugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I that I do know. Yeah, uh, I my friend Adam. Is got us tickets to see Sugar Ross in, I think it's later this year. Do you know, have you ever heard of Sugar Ross? No, I can't say I do. They're an amazing band. They're Icelandic, if I'm not mistaken. And they sing oh, in Iceland. Oh, they sing in I Icelandic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, just, I, I, I just wasn't recognizing the pronunciation. Yeah, yeah I, I might be saying it wrong, but I think it's Sugar Ross. I think that's how you pronounce it. I've ne- See, the thing is, I've never heard someone yeah. say their name. Uh, so, yeah. If I'm pronouncing I, I it wrong. If I'm pronouncing it incorrectly, please correct me because it, they're an Icelandic band. So maybe I could be, uh, my Icelandic might not be great. Their song Hoppy Pola is one of the most beautiful pieces of music that right. exists, period. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go see him. So I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. Enjoy that. Yeah, cool. Uh, and Jaren, what are you up to for the rest of the week? Work. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, we have our independent artist now, and we have a, uh, a independent artist that's coming back. They've uh, we've listened to one of their songs already. This is the Brisbane band Cadillac, Um and they've recorded a little bit of something. So I don't have to uh, you know uh, mug my way through it and get all the the pronunciations incorrectly. So we're going to listen to that. And gentlemen, thank you so much. We will talk to you next week. Hey, this is Katnak. I am an indie rock cross pop artist from Brisbane, Australia. Way Down is a song about feeling weighed down by the world, feeling like you're not good enough, feeling like you're not the person you're supposed to be. And it um, it's just putting all those feelings into a song. And it's something that everyone can relate with. So I'm glad I can uh, put it out there for everyone to enjoy. Pressing down on my head Got the eyes of the people I love Staring at where I'm going next Feels like a race I keep running Never quite finding the end I need just a little more guidance But no one's ever reached it yet Feeling like I'm on the
Listening to Just Hit Play. To contact your hosts, Peter and Nick, or to be featured on an episode as musical talent, email justhitplay7300 at gmail.com. Keep up to date with news and announcements by following on Instagram and Facebook, linked in the show notes. Subscribe on your favorite podcatcher to tune in next week for more Sonic Delights. And if you can't wait till then, check out the Just Hit playlist on Spotify, linked in the show notes. A special thanks to Braden Munch for the theme song and thank you for listening.